Hi there, I'm Annette of Arab Africa Coaching and you are listening to Coffee and Stars Podcast, a platform for candid and unconventional narratives about the place of the young African woman in society. In this episode, I speak to Nanakofi Aqua, a Ghanaian documentary photographer, journalist, painter, poet, pastor, and activist who champions women's rights, climate change, environmental protection, healthcare, and challenges perception on Africa through photography. Today, we speak on the topic, agency, taking personal responsibility. Welcome, NK. How are you doing today? And tell me one fun fact about yourself. Uh, <laughs> uh, 20. Uh, I don't know if your listeners know I call you 20. Uh, it's a pleasure being here. It's a pleasure, big pleasure being here. Uh, a great honor. I've been looking forward to this. One fun fact about me. Uh, when people hear my voice, they assume I'm, I'm tall and big. And then they see me and they're like, ooh, you're actually <laughs> short. <laughs> yeah, so that's one fun oh. fact about me. My voice is taller oh. than me. Oh, wow. <laughs> that's very funny. <laughs> I think you're actually a very funny guy. You don't, maybe you don't know, but you are very funny. <laughs> All right. So, Nana Kofi, today we are speaking about agency, taking personal yeah. responsibility. For people new to the concept of agency, walk us through what this concept is all about and why it's important to you as an individual. So agency is a, it's actually a very old concept, uh, I think. Uh, I think you normally would find it in the fields of uh, sociology uh, and social sciences. And uh, it fundamentally says that a person uh, should have the capacity and the resource you know, to, to do what they have to do. Or a person must acknowledge their capacity you know, and, uh, and accept responsibility uh, for, for, for what they... Are responsible for. So, for example, uh, agency says that if you call me at 12 midnight and say, uh, NK, can you come and do this for me? Uh, as much as I like you, I have to, I have to always remember that I have the capacity to say no or to say yes. Uh, the only time I may not have the capacity where if, for example, if I was a slave, you know, and this is why something like slavery, for example, is wrong. Or if I found myself in su such uh, conditions where I wasn't empowered to have a voice at all. Uh, but in normal human societies, like the one uh, we have in Ghana, uh, most of us actually do have agency. We, 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 only that not that many people accept or acknowledge their agency. Uh, so we end up blaming other people for our choices when we clearly actually made the choice. So for example, if somebody verbally abuses me and I go ahead and slap them, uh, the normal person will think, oh, uh, I slapped him because uh, he, he insulted me. But no, I slapped him because I chose to slap him. You get it? Uh, agency says that uh, I, I have the power to choose my reaction. I have the power to choose my response. I am not a robot. I'm not programmed to just uh, jump on everything that is in a skirt. You know, I actually uh, can choose. Uh, and, and, 
we, we need to have this conversation more often, I think, uh, because uh, too many people are walking around blaming other people for their struggles and will hardly ever take responsibility uh, for their own choices. Or explaining that. So the focus of this podcast mostly is for um, young people and women as well um, in the area of career and generally life choices. Um, how do you think that agency applies in, this, in these two areas or for these two um, groups of people? Um, why should young people be agentic? Uh, I think young people should understand this concept. In fact, this is critical that they do uh, because, you know, when you are very little, well, even how, how we parent is changing. But uh, when I was growing up, you wore what your mom or your dad gave you to wear. You ate what food was given to you. you nobody ever really asked you what you wanted. You got the Christmas present you got because that was what you were given. You know, uh, I grew up in a time when the child, the, 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 the person of the child was not really acknowledged. And uh, so other people always told you what to do. And then you'd go to school and we had a, I studied under a system called Roots, where the teacher uh, tells you, you know, there's no critical thinking is not encouraged. Uh, questioning was not encouraged. You just memorized and recited uh, verbatim whatever your teacher told you. So A is for apple, A, B is for ball, ball, C is for carpet, whatever, you know, and that's all we did. And even university level, you'd have some lecturers from, uh, <laughs> from time. So, NK, we are losing you quite a bit because I think the network. Oh, you... yes, the network. I'm not hearing you properly. Okay, can you hear me now? But that's yes, yes, now? much better. It's much better yes, now. Yes, oh, okay. Yes. Should I repeat what I was saying on agents, on on young people, and women? Yes, you were at the point of the tertiary level. Yeah, so I said even at tertiary level, you have professors who still insist that students should just memorize, you know, and, and come and pour what they've been told. Critical thinking is still not encouraged in, in our curriculum. And so people grow up, and the truth is they've, they've, they, they've never really taken responsibility for their lives. You know, everything they've done, every uh, action has been as a response you know, to, to some command they were giving, you know. So, but the time comes, you know, once you hit 18, and in some cultures, I know even much younger, uh, you cannot blame your parents anymore. You cannot say, my dad didn't do that for me. In fact, to this day, I meet too many adults, too many grown-ups who still blame their parents for not taking them to school. And I'm like, yeah, but you can go back to school yourself. If you can read and write, you've got the foundations, you know, you can do that. Or that they didn't, no, people just make excuses, you know, and it doesn't help you. Excuses is like uh, walking on a treadmill and pretending you are going somewhere. No, you're not going anywhere. You're not going anywhere. You'll be on there for years and, and you're stuck. And I think that how we raise young people in Ghana where I live, on the continent at large, needs to change. 
You know, we need to give them responsibilities and hold them accountable for their outcome. And we need to start early. Uh, we need to commend them for when uh, they, they think on their own feet and, and take decisions and, and, and reward them, you know, and hold them accountable where they fail. Uh, we need to properly mentor them and also women uh, in a culture where traditionally the girls were raised to believe that uh, some man will marry them and take care of them. You know, so if you if, if if a person is raised to think that just stay beautiful, learn how to cook, learn how to wash, uh, be neat. Uh, some man will marry you, some rich man will marry you, and he'll take care of you, you know. Uh, it's almost as if she wasn't given capacity to think for herself or to choose for herself. I'm not saying that uh, a woman who is married and has a husband who, <laughs> who does out money on her is a bad thing, but I'm saying that it has to be an active decision she made. The woman who chooses to be a housewife uh, must be so well equipped that she could have chosen to be a doctor or a lawyer, or she could have chosen to be at work or be this. She could have, and of all the things, she chose to be home with her kids. You know, and in the situation where she's properly empowered, I think that is okay because that's her choice. But where, for example, in my grandmother's generation, girls were not taken to school, so all her brothers went to school. She didn't. You know, in, in, under those kinds of circumstances, we disempower our girls. And so they become women who consistently are looking for male saviors. You know, they, they are looking for the knight in shiny armor. They are looking for uh, the prince who saved them from their wicked stepmom. There's always this prince charming that they hope can come to their rescue. But uh, in, in societies where girls are properly empowered, uh, they marry somebody because they are in love. <laughs> they marry somebody because they've chosen somebody they can do life with. You know, it's not because they need to be fed, or they need to be clothed, or they need to be housed, and a man is the way to get it. You know, so it's critical, I think. Yes, thank you so much for that interesting conversation and answer that you just gave. I'm hearing a lot about active decision making active decision-making. How is willpower linked to all of this? How is a person's willpower linked to agency? Uh, so decision-making is a, is a taught art. You know, you, uh, for, for, for a parent, you can start by just asking your kid, uh, what do you want to have for breakfast? So they have to make a decision. You know, uh, would you want to go and play with your friends or you want to do your homework now? So they choose, they make a decision, you know. So when parenting or when adults in society are intentional in teaching, right, from children how to make a decision, by the time they are adults, it's different. You know, by the time they are adults, it's not difficult for them because they already know. You know, but when people aren't taught that, when... Uh, you know, people just decide for them. Helicopter parenting, you know. Uh, you've heard those stories of grown men who can't decide for themselves. And when they're having a conversation with their wives and go like, oh, let me call my dad or let me call my mom. <laughs> you know, <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> you're a grown man, but you still need to call your mom. 
before you can decide how many children we should have. <laughs> you know, people leave me these things. And when I meet such a man or such an adult, it, it is clearly very, it's clearly obvious to me that nobody taught them. Uh, you know, so you can't exercise proper willpower if you were never taught to use it. You know, it's like uh, never having used a sword and then on the day of battle, they throw one in your hand and say, go fight. You may have the muscles, you may have the natural ability and strength, but <laughs> there's years of training that you missed. And because of that, uh, you're not going to perform very well on the on the battlefield. So we have to be very intentional how we mentor young people, you know, how we we train them. You know, so for example, uh, you you meet many young women uh, in my line of work who you interview and they work in the sex uh, industry. You know, they they are sex workers. And anytime you, I have never interviewed any of them who has taken responsibility for being in the industry. You know, and it's always... uh, my parent died, my father died, or my mother died, and things were very difficult. And a friend was supporting me. And at one point, she said, hey, let me show you what I do, that I'm able to support you. And she introduced me to the trade. And I'm like, okay, so you were in a difficult time. And for that particular moment, this was your solution. But that was 10 years ago. Why are you still in this business? Why, when you started making money, why didn't you go back to school? Why didn't you learn a trade, you know? Um, I mean, there are those who think sex work is works and it's fine. Uh, I have spoken, I don't even know why I'm talking about sex work. I, I have spoken, <laughs> I have interviewed so many and, and too many of them are quite ashamed of what they do. You know, my point is, if you're ashamed of what you do, why are you doing it? But before they can stop, they must first and foremost take responsibility and say that, yes, life may have thrown me a curveball, I may have been given a lemon, you know, but is this all I can make of it? You know, is this all I can make of it? Yeah. Well, look, what, yeah. What you are saying is extremely eye-opening. I'm sitting here and I'm thinking that I've seen many times where people, when they are in a certain situation and they need to make a decision, they don't know how so they sit and wait for the for something to happen to them then that becomes their decision instead of actively making their own decision and i think that you have explained quite a bit about what is in our socialization that causes um people to miss out on agency and taking personal responsibility you want Yes, add more to the yes. socialization aspect. Yes, religion, religion is also a big factor. You know, this whole kisera uh, sera, you know, uh, that we are, we are fated to have the outcomes we will have. You know, uh, the whole... Uh, I mean, and this is an ancient, ancient uh, debate. It's not today. Uh, so, for example, the ancient Greeks uh, really spent a lot of time on this. So if you read uh, uh, Oedipus Rex, you know, the story of King Oedipus, it is the same, you know, what is a choice or, or, or choice versus uh, fate? You know, if, if, if the gods decide my destiny, 
can I be held responsible for my choices? So, for example, in that story, uh, a queen gets pregnant, a blind prophet shows up and says, you have to kill the baby when he's born because this baby will grow up and he will kill his father and marry his mother. So when the baby was born, the, the couple gave him away to a servant to go and kill him in the bush. The servant had pity on the crying baby and he took the baby to another village, another town. And then the baby grows up in that village, uh, becomes a strong young man. One day he's traveling and then he bumps into somebody who wouldn't give way. And he's like, I don't care who you are. So they get into a fight. They, they, <laughs> he didn't know the person. He had no ill will against the person. It was just two men with the showing of their ego. And then the other person dies in, in, in the fight. And then he gets to a village. He, as he's going, he gets to this village where everybody is afraid because there's some, some creature haunting them. It will ask them a, a, a proverb, and if nobody is able to decipher the proverb, uh, it will kill some of them. And so he confronted this beast, and he solved the riddle. The riddle. It was a riddle. He solved the riddle for them. And they're like, well, our king is dead. We hear our king is dead, and you just saved all of us. Why don't we make you king? So they made him king. And since he became king, well, we already have a queen. Uh, so why don't you marry the queen? So he marries the queen. And then they have children. And then calamity comes. There's a plague. And and this um, this old priest is brought, this old prophet is brought like, can you pray to the gods? We, we don't know what is happening to us. And he goes like, well, I told you to kill the baby. Because if that baby grew up, he would kill his father and marry his mother. And it turned out, this guy who killed that man, the man he fought on the on the path was his father. He didn't know because he had disguised himself. He couldn't tell he was a king. And the woman, the queen he ended up marrying and having children with was his mother. He didn't know that. So he committed murder and committed uh, uh, insects. Uh, but did he know that this is what he was going to do? You know, he didn't plan to commit incest. He didn't plan to kill his father. And so the debate was, can the gods hold him accountable for hubris? Can the gods hold him accountable for doing the abominable when he didn't know that he was doing the abominable? You, you, you see the same philosophy in Christian faith, uh, in, in Islam. You know, if, if anytime you speak to a Muslim and you say something, they'll say, inshallah, inshallah. You know, if Allah wills. You know, if Allah wills and the will of and Allah is sovereign, then does that mean that everything that happens to me was already programmed to happen? And if that is the situation, can I be held accountable for my choices? It is the same in the Christian faith. <laughs> you know, in Ghana, we say, by the grace of God, <laughs> if God permits. You know? And people live their lives thinking that uh, there is some sovereign being that has planned their lives in such a way that if if he has decided they were going to be a billionaire, they can sleep, they can be lazy, but they will still be a billionaire. You know, if he has decided that they are going to pass that exam, no demon in hell can stop them from passing that exam. They can even sleep <laughs> and pass that exam. You know, so religion can take away your agency if you don't, if you're not careful, if you're not well discipled or well trained 
uh, you give a religious excuse for all your bad decisions. So when you make a bad decision, it's just the devil. And when it comes to taking responsibility, it's not you, it's the devil who made you do it. So we have to go flog the devil, you know. And so too many religious people, and unfortunately we have too many of them in my country, too many religious people are totally irresponsible because they've never been taught that actually that all the holy books teach that a person will be held accountable for their choices, for their decisions. Yeah, that, that's very, very thought-provoking. Like, that is very deep. Now, how, why did I feel like I was listening to Okonko when it's the gods are not to blame? And to blame, I, I felt yes. like yeah, 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 I felt like it was the whole, the whole Okonko yes. saga and everything. It, it is the same story. So Okonko yeah. is, a, is, an African, is an African version of Oedipus Rex. It is exactly the same story. Yeah. So I was feeling like, yeah. ah, this is my secondary school, um, Okonko, the boss <laughs> are not to Yeah, really, really. Yeah, because yeah. then I remember that one, um, someone had to be blind. He had to take out his eyes or something and then yeah. go into the bush yeah. with the kids it's that the he had story. had with the point, something like I, that. I think the African one is actually more interesting. <laughs> but the original is the one... It is I more dramatic. It is more dramatic. <laughs> I think the author is... Uh, no... I've forgotten who wrote it. I was going to say uh, Sophocles, but I'm not sure. Or oh, Iskandar. No, no, I, I don't remember. Yeah. Uh huh. Now I remember. Yes. 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 I remember the um, the the African one. How it's even a bit dramatic is that the one whom they brought to tell the tale of the child is a seer, and that seer is blind. Mm. And the way they describe yeah. it, you know, a seer, and he cannot see. And so the way they even described it in the text, I was like, this is really strange because they say, well, I see everything, but I'm blind and all that. So it's really mm -hmm. dramatic um, mm -hmm. on that aspect. Oh, some yeah. of literature here. So, so, <laughs> so I was right. I was right. The, the author is Sophocles. Okay. Yeah. yeah all right. Yeah. Sophocles. Nice. Now, the, I, I see also a certain um, relationship um, when it comes to agency, I don't know if it is uh, <laughs> it is not the same relationship, but it has something to do with its risk-taking. I see that a lot mm. of maybe young people and women like to take responsibility away from themselves. And a typical mm. example will be someone who would be in a difficult situation or would be in a career. They've been there for... 10 years, 15 years, they are not progressing. They work like uh, as someone who is having a diploma. They have a master's. They carry people's mm -hmm. bags. They do stuff that mm -hmm. takes their confidence away from themselves. On a daily basis, they are depressed. It's affecting their mental health. It's affecting their physical health. But they, do, they are taking responsibility away from themselves in the name of survival. How can agency help in this in this instance? <laughs> we are children. So I remember. I mean, I don't know how many times I've heard the story of some African woman who decided to stay in an abusive marriage for the sake of her children. You know, <laughs> that's the biggest excuse. Oh, the children. You know, the children. Yeah. Oh, the children. Oh, the children. 
<laughs> it's it's really sad. And yet, if you speak to any child or any adult who grew up in a dysfunctional home where the parents were always at each other, where there was no love, they'll tell you that they would have preferred if their parents were single. You know, they would have preferred to live with a single mom and have peace of mind, or to live with a single dad and have peace of mind, than to live in a loveless home. You know. Uh, people just must learn to take responsibility. You know, there are actually a lot of, uh, so I don't know why I'm saying a lot on religion, but I think some young African listening uh, will be helped by this. You know, a lot of girls who are raised in very religious environments uh, have, as part of their fantasies, they tend to uh, have rape fantasies of some guy they like catching them and having his way with them, you know, and and then they cry and the person saying sorry and falling in love with them and they living happily ever after. But That's how it started is that. Yes. And and that is because they 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 have the rape fantasy because that takes the responsibility off them. You know, if if somebody rapes me then I am not responsible that the sex happened. So, so they want the sex, but they are guilt-tripped by all the religion and all the religious teachings. So she cannot even allow herself to accept that this is me and I take ownership of this choice. You know? uh, so, so that's how bad it can get. You know? uh, that's how bad it can get. So I am not surprised when I meet a man who cannot take do you know how many places I've worked where <laughs> there were employees or colleagues who were complaining about work environment, about work conditions? I left. And then maybe 10 years later, five years later, two years later, I visit the company and, and meet the same guys. And they are still there. And they are still complaining. <laughs> I'm serious. I, I, I am serious. I... The, when I started, I, I I still see faces. I have I remember people, you know. Um, I can hear their voice complaining, uh, and they are still there. You know, they are still there. It's a huge, huge problem. It, it's not different from those who argue that, you know, uh, it's about time Africa stopped blaming the West for our predicament, and. For me, it is a yes and no. And when I say yes to that argument, it is because you see so much waste. You know, like 40 V8 vehicles in a presidential convoy. What, what do you need 40 vehicles for? And not just any 40 vehicles, but 40 Land Cruiser V8s. What for? Each one has an engine capacity of 5.6. In a country that borrows to survive. What do you need thirty vehicles for? You know, <laughs> you know. So a big part, but there's somebody they can blame, isn't there? There's somebody they can blame the devil. They can blame the previous government. They can blame <laughs> the war in Ukraine. You know, Ghana, for example, is in a situation where the Ukrainian economy is better, is doing better than ours. The Ukrainian currency is doing better than ours, and then the president of my nation says that. Uh, we are experiencing inflation. We are going through difficult times because of the war in Ukraine. The people who have been directly bombarded 
are doing better than us, who are <laughs> a million years away from the battle from the battlefield. It doesn't make sense, you know. And until people learn to take responsibility, uh, nothing will ever truly change. Okay, so if a, a young person, a young woman is listening today and they want to start to be agentic, where is the starting point? It, it starts with uh, being honest. You know, the ancient Greeks had a... Uh, so one of the, 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 the Greek god of prophecy was Apollo. And when you're entering his temple, people would go there because they want to know their shepherd. They want to know their future. They want to know their destiny. So they'll go and consult the oracle. So, but when you're entering the temple, there was an inscription <laughs> at the entrance of the temple. And it said, man with thyself. You know, uh, man is used as the generic for human being. So uh, human being, know yourself, you know. Uh, and, and that is where it starts. Be honest with yourself. You know, you like Kwamina. You want to have sex with Kwamina. Be honest with yourself so that before you get to his house, you buy, you know, you buy Lydia, you buy some condoms. Take responsibility, you know. Don't, 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 don't lie to yourself. That's all it means. Don't lie to yourself, you know. You are lazy. That's why you are not doing well. Be honest with yourself. Stop uh, blaming everybody else but yourself. You know, and, and I think that's really where it begins. Just be honest with yourself. Take responsibility. <laughs> accept that this is me. You know, and where, where you make a bad mistake, accept it. Yes, I fell in love with John against my better judgment because I liked his beard. Uh, John has proven to be everything my mother said he is. Okay, my bad. What can I do from here? You know, stop blaming John and John. No, John has always been John, and he knew it. <laughs> you know, so this is where it begins. Accept, accept your role in it. Accept your part. Accept what you did wrong, or what it's you actually, did right. Yeah, it's actually interesting you say this because this week I was listening to Kakra Baden, so it's a it's a preacher, a pastor, and he was saying that yeah, a lot of people they like to. Um, blame people and say da 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 or my husband this or I was in a relationship with this man and he treated me bad and he said a funny thing he said blame yourself for marrying this foolish boy <laughs> I found it so funny I found it and he, so so he's funny. right isn't he <laughs> because yes, you know, it's not as if a wedding it's not as if a wedding happens like it's not as if you're walking by the street and then somebody will rush and put you in a wedding gown and ride there and all. You had a marriage. No, you went out with a person for a while. Six months, a year, two years, three years, four years. You met his family. You met his friends. You met his colleagues. You had enough time to change your mind. But you chose to ignore all the signs and marry the douchebag. And it's okay <laughs> to accept that. To accept that, yes... My bad. <laughs> you know. Accept it. Because then it becomes easier to build to build from there. Build on from there, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I th I think I think that we've had quite a a good conversation today. I have a lot of um takeaway from this. 
the, the last one being what you just said, being honest with yourself as an individual, taking responsibility and saying that, indeed, this is why if there is a problem, maybe you are the cause, you are actually the cause. Mm -hmm. And when you, you, you take responsibility away from yourself, then you don't tend to be in a position to actually see the solution that is before you. Once you, you yeah. take that responsibility, then it's easier for you to work on from there to say, okay, this is what I can do. But if you keep on saying that it's because of X and Y, when it's actually not, then you feel like you really do not have to do anything. You also talked about critical thinking and how it's in it's important in our education and in growing up and also active decision making when it comes to different aspects of our life because if you are not taking um, making decisions for yourself it will be other people's decisions that will affect you mm -hmm. and the, the funny thing mm -hmm. is a lot of times i say this that people are not thinking properly because mm -hmm. the ideas that they have is not theirs it is something that someone has said to them it is something that um, they've heard someone say or their parents said and it has become their truth but they haven't actually mm -hmm. sat down to say this um, concept this issue concept of work this is what it means to me mm -hmm. job this is what it means to me family this is what it means to me sex this is what it means to me you yourself those concepts for yourself as an individual and it's a way to help you to do better in your life overall. So, Nana Kofi, we are rounding up. Do you have any last words, anything you want to add to this conversation yes. that we've had? Yes, I mean, that was fantastic, Samuel Araba. And what I would say is that the last words I'll share is actually in relation to your perfect summary. And this is it. You see, change is only guaranteed when it is personal. I can decide that I won't smoke again. I can't decide for somebody else. So as long as you spend your life blaming other people, you're never really going to grow. You can change where you hang out. You can change who you hang out with. You can change who you have sex with. You can change what religion you practice. Change is personal responsibility. And the only change that is guaranteed is personal. As long as your problem is with somebody else, there are no guarantees. Yeah. Yes, that's very nice. The only change that is what? What did you say? The only change is guaranteed. It's personal. Is, it's a change I choose to make. Guaranteed. It's personal. It's a change wow. I choose to make, yeah. Yeah. That is very profound. I want to just ask if our audience have any questions, if anyone has a question in the audience for Nana Kofi and I in this uh, whole thing. Otherwise, we are going to play an interesting game. So Nana Kofi, we have the numbers game here. That is how we round up here on Coffee and Stars. So the, the idea is very simple. We have questions from one to a hundred. So choose randomly between number one to 100, maybe five, five numbers that you like, any random number, and I will tell you the questions and then you will answer them um, very fast, like speed dating. <laughs> okay, so 98. Okay, 98. Mm -hmm. 
Yes, yeah, I'll just take all the numbers. Oh, okay, 98, uh, 46. 46, mm -hmm. 7. 7. 84. 84. And 23. 23. These are random numbers, I, right? Or they mean yes, something. Yes, these are all random. I hope they are questions i can answer <laughs> oh you can answer the whole nk no way okay so so number 98 you said who knows you best mm -hmm. my wife okay number 46 let's see if you could share a meal with any four individuals living or dead who would they be uh, there'll be Nelson Mandela, there'll mm -hmm. be Martin Luther King Jr., uh, okay. there'll be uh, 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 Maya Angelou, Woo. Uh, and, the la and, and Jesus. Nice, wonderful. Okay, so number seven, what motivates you to work hard? Um, the fear of poverty. <laughs> okay. Hunger no good. Hunger no good. No, we don't want that. Okay, so number eighty-four. If you had a warning mm -hmm. label, what would it say? Uh, 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 I know. I know exactly what it will say. It will say, uh, "Be careful of small packages." Hey. <laughs> you know how bombs grenades come they are small but they will pull your house down the the interesting yeah. thing actually is that i don't you've said it twice in this conversation but i don't particularly see you yes. as petite or a small no a, i'm not a, i'm not petite i'm not petite it's just that my voice is really big so really, you know uh -huh. it is yeah when people hear the voice and see the person they go like oh i thought you were you were huge and, okay. Yeah, and I'm not huge, oh, but I'm definitely not petite, yes. yes. My stomach alone is not petite. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, you are so funny. <laughs> so, number 23, if you mm -hmm. could only eat one meal for the rest of your life, what would it be? That would be difficult. <laughs> because... Yeah. I'm not I'm not big on food, but I prefer the variety. So that would I think that's one question I can't really answer. There is no food I like to eat too often. No. Okay, all right, then I could feed. This is where we. Uh, there's the there's the metaphorical food. If that works, yes, then then my wife should be fine. But otherwise. Yes, it, it has to be that. <laughs> Nanakofi and that. Okay, so this is where we round up. Thank you so much, Nanakofi, for it's joining been, it's me. It's been my biggest pleasure, Twani. Yes, thank you so much. I've had a thank lot you, of fun. Thank you for having me. Yes, yes. It's been a very good, good, good conversation. I've loved it a lot, and I've had a lot of takeaway points here, and I hope that people who are listening, young women, young people would begin to be agentic, take personal responsibility for themselves, be active decision makers, have their own ideas and concepts, be honest with themselves and be open-minded as well.
It's me, Annette, here of Araba Africa, and it's been a pleasure coming to you today on Coffee and Stars. Let's continue to do our best to live a beautiful life. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.